Welcome to Left, Right, Forward, Business and Political Solutions. I'm Ambassador Delano Lewis, and I'm excited about today's guest. We have Congressman Ben Ray Lujan with us today, and he's not only a congressional representative from New Mexico, but he's also House Assistant Speaker for the United States House of Representatives. So welcome, Congressman. Oh, it's an honor to be with you today, Ambassador, and thank you for the work that you have been doing and educating all of the listeners and the followers of the podcast. So I uh, really look forward to the conversation today. Well, thank you so much. One of the purposes of the podcast is to educate, inform, and inspire, and I think you're probably going to do all three of those things today. I, I hope so, <laughs> <Right>. sir. <laughs> but what I want to start out with is just tell our listeners a little bit about your background uh, and about how you got started in politics. That would be very helpful to us. Most certainly. So uh, I have had the honor of serving in the U.S. House of Representatives uh, since 2008. I was elected the same year that President Barack Obama was elected uh, to the presidency of the United States, and Tom Udall was elected um, to be a a U.S. senator uh, representing the good people of New Mexico. Uh, Before I was elected to the Congress, I had the honor of serving um, on the New Mexico Public Regulation Commission, which is the equivalent to public utility commissions across uh, most of the United States of America. Um, There I was proud to work on behalf of constituents standing up to health insurance companies uh, when those health insurance companies were denying the claims of constituents. um, And uh, we we found that there were some um, decisions being made by health insurers where they were just arbitrarily denying um, uh, folks and just putting them in a hard way. I'm also proud that I was able to work with the New Mexico legislature and the governor at the time to increase the amount of renewables that New Mexico uh, would require utilities to generate, um, and uh, we've only been able to grow it from there. Um, Prior to that, I had the honor of working with the Department of Cultural Affairs and uh, working to help uh, oversee um, some of the work that was being done for New Mexico's museums and monuments, um, really treasures of New Mexico and a big part of what drives people from all over the world to come to New Mexico. Um, I'm a graduate of New Mexico Highlands University. I had the honor of uh, earning my bachelor's degree in business administration from there. And I was uh, born and raised in New Mexico, still live on a small farm uh, that my my great-grandparents, grandparents, and parents lived on. Um, We still farm today. Uh, I went to Head Start uh, in Nambed, New Mexico and went to kindergarten, elementary, junior high, and high school in Powakin, New Mexico. Um, Currently serving as the Assistant Speaker of the House, I serve on the Energy and Commerce Committee. Um, But really what got me started, Ambassador, is learning from my mom and dad. My father, who was a union iron worker, my mom retired after 33 years from the local public school district, But my father was also a county commissioner, a state representative, and eventually served um, as speaker of the New Mexico House of Representatives. And because I'm the youngest of four, uh, by eight years, I'm the youngest uh, of my siblings, uh, my parents took me around uh, all those uh, parades and knocking on doors and legislative hearings uh, so that my brothers and sisters um, didn't have to uh, babysit me when I was growing up. And it was really watching my father and my mother uh, make a difference in uh, helping people and and being the positive difference that we needed in our communities that um, was my uh, really uh, bright light uh, to get more involved in public service 
and why I'm uh, honored to be serving um, in the U.S. House today. Well, this is fantastic. What an incredible background. And you mentioned family because I believe that is so important. Yes, My sir. dad was a railroader with the Santa Fe Railroad for 37 years, and he was also a union man, the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters, FFLCIO. So I know how important those family, uh, ga- those family connections are. So an incredible background. I want to ask you, the first question is, being assistant house speaker uh, since 2019. So you work closely with Speaker Pelosi. Could you just tell us, what's the speaker like? Oh, she's, she's an incredible uh, person, ambassador. Um, I, I describe the speaker as uh, someone that can see around the corner. She's mm-hmm. um, always uh, someone that um, is three or four moves ahead of, of everyone else. Um, whether it's the President of the United States or anyone that she's negotiating with. Um, the Speaker understands the importance of bringing uh, that, the members together of the Democratic Caucus and the U.S. House of Representatives. She makes herself available. She has a work ethic unlike anyone I've ever seen. There's no one that works smarter than her around the clock. Um, I had the honor of working with her very closely as I chaired the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee And in 2018, I chaired the committee and led the effort with the Speaker to win back the majority in the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, But I'll share a a great story uh, with uh, Speaker Pelosi. There was one of my colleagues who was trying to get a piece of legislation adopted, and uh, Harry Teague, who's from southern New Mexico, um, that we all know. Right. And he was bringing attention uh, to an alert system that we needed to get adopted, and Harry was having a, a, some trouble, I think, with some of the uh, chairs of the committee, and he went to the speaker, and, and he talked to Nancy and, and uh, shared with her what was going on, and the speaker said, well, I'll reach out to the chairs and see what we can do to get them on board, Harry. And uh, uh, the, Harry responded by saying, well, I've already talked to them, and, you know, what if that doesn't work, speaker? Um, and she says, well, I'm going to first speak to them as, 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 a, as a mother of five and as a grandmother and see if I can get them on board. Right. And if that doesn't work, I'll speak to them as the Speaker of the House. <laughs> um, what drives the, Nancy Pelosi is um, her children and her grandchildren. She is very concerned about the number of children that still live in poverty across America. She's been inspired to act on climate. It's what drove her when she was first elected to uh, the U.S. House of Representatives also in uh, being one of the leaders in tackling um, uh, the lack of support that existed to fight the AIDS epidemic across the country. And so it's been an honor to learn from her, to work with her, um, and now to, to be a member of, uh, of our leadership in the U.S. House of Representatives alongside her. Well, thank you very much. I know our listeners would want to know about that relationship. And I notice in, in, in the research, you're the highest ranking uh, Latino in Congress as assistant speaker. That's it's a fantastic really an honor. You know, uh, when, when your colleagues have put faith in you to help uh, bring people together, to help uh, uh, guide the caucus, to, to uh, make sure that we're responsible in our strategy and uh, making sure that we're able to pass policies that make a positive difference in the lives of the American people, um, it was such an honor to uh, be elected by my uh, fellow uh, U.S. representatives to serve as a member of the leadership, and in this case, as the highest-ranking uh, Latino 
um, in the United States House. Well, that's fantastic. And I want to talk about the issues. And while we're talking about the Speaker and the House, uh, where are you in terms of an impeachment inquiry? Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about uh, Speaker Pelosi saying we really don't want to tie up everything on impeachment, but we want to do our oversight and our legislative and uh, investigative duties. But uh, she's just not moved toward impeachment. Have you taken a position on that? And uh, where do you think that's headed? Well, first, Ambassador, if I may, on the speaker, look, she always um, has a plan right. um, with the thoughtfulness and how the, the speaker continues to put um, strategy together um, on whatever the issue may be. Um, where I am right now is I've always believed that it was a matter of when, not a matter of if, as we move mm-hmm. to the inquiry. Um, I support the work of Jerry Nadler, um, the Judiciary Committee, and all of my colleagues that sit on that important committee who have moved forward um, with uh, what is uh, essentially an inquiry of fine-tuning the investigation, continuing to get answers to these important questions that must be presented to the American people as well. Um, And and I also believe that um, as we uh, continue to move through the August recess and continue the conversations with our colleagues, that you will uh, continue to see uh, more conversation, uh, more uh, strategy that continues to be rolled out associated with how we're uh, working now uh, through the legal system to compel the president to release these documents, especially the financial documents where there have been allegations of money laundering, tax evasion, and uh, potential involvement even from the Russians as it pertains to uh, personally business and even from a campaign perspective, financially uh, supporting uh, President of the United States, Donald Trump. Right. So you figure it's it's a matter of when you're going to continue the investigative role and the oversight role. But you think after the recess, there'll probably be some movement in that direction. Do you do you think that's uh, in the offing? Well, there are now um, north of 120 Democratic members um, who have um, uh, called for or supported uh, the work of the Judiciary Committee uh, pertaining to the investigation um, that is associated with the inquiry. Um, there have not been as many members, um, uh, maybe a, a few dozen, um, who have specifically called for articles um, as well, um, as well in the House. And the work of the Judiciary Committee is going to continue. It's taking place even now with the committee staff, with the general counsel that are on board um, in this particular space, Ambassador. So, you know, again, we're going to continue to reach out to the American people and and move forward with the strategy that this investigation is able to get uh, the facts presented to the American people and use every tool at our disposal. And I'll say this, nothing is off the table. That sounds great. I appreciate that because Congress, uh, we're talking about checks and balances, and Congress has a role here in terms of balancing what's going on in our federal government, the checks and balance systems to the to the executive. Uh, speaking of that, uh, tell me about your views on immigration and immigration reform. Uh, we know we've been through some terrible tragedies in Dayton and certainly close to home here in El Paso, uh, dealing with the uh, the, these mass shootings, uh, which are related to uh, some of these uh, uh, immigration uh, uh, efforts uh, or lack of uh, immigration reform. So give me your thoughts on immigration and obviously on gun safety and gun violence. Yes, sir. So, Am- Ambassador, it is completely unacceptable with how the Trump administration, um, Stephen Miller, um, who seems to be 
um, one of the guiding voices to the president in this case, sadly, um, with how their, uh, the Trump administration um, continues to tear children apart from families, whether it was um, at the border um, or most recently even with the raids in workplaces in Mississippi um, where children, many of which were American citizens, were at school and only to come home to find their parents um, not home. Um, mm -hmm. The trauma that these children for, will forever bear is something that President Trump just does not comprehend. It's absolutely un-American to be tearing children apart from their families, even young children who are still nursing, um, uh, torn apart from their moms. And, and that's where I have such a, a concern associated with this administration. Uh, Donald Trump uh, used the power of his pen to directly attack young dreamers across America after President Barack Obama had used executive authority to uh, put them in, in a state where there was more certainty um, uh, around their status, and Donald Trump just decided to tear that apart. So, one, I, I believe that we truly need comprehensive immigration reform, building off the passage of the DREAM and the Promise Act that was passed out of the House of Representatives, sent to Mitch McConnell. There was a bipartisan package a few years ago for comprehensive immigration reform that Speaker Boehner and Speaker Ryan, both Republican speakers, refused a vote to be taken on the House floor, um, even though it would have passed. Um, the president this weekend uh, making announcements that will make it harder uh, for people to obtain visas uh, to travel uh, to work in the United States is only going to make things worse. The metering programs the administration has put in place are not working. And so, again, that's why I'm a, a, a proponent and an advocate for comprehensive immigration reform that is tough, but that is fair, and that builds on the framework that we've established in the past. As it pertains to the violence that we've seen across America, most recently in El Paso and in Ohio and in California, um, there has to be action taken to address gun violence in the United States, Ambassador. Yes. Um, we've already passed out of the House of Representatives a comprehensive background requirement um, that is sitting in the U.S. Senate, and Mitch McConnell's refused to take that legislation up. It's similar to legislation that was adopted in the state of New Mexico, signed into law by Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham. Um, I'm also a co-sponsor of legislation that will keep military uh, weapons um, on the battlefield and would uh, ban the selling of those in the United States, um, looking at overturning the Dickey Amendment, which prevents the United States from researching gun violence with taxpayer dollars. It just it makes no sense, amongst other pieces of legislation that I believe we should take up. Um, and that's the conversation we should be having. I don't know of any responsible gun owner in America or in New Mexico that does not uh, want to do something to end gun violence. And so we need to come together and move policy uh, to make sure that people are kept safe. Yes, and, and you do have... I, ex excuse I, me, go right ahead. When I was in high school and junior high, I was never subjected to having to climb under my desk, how to move um, a, a, a large bookshelf to guard a door, to block a door, because you prepared for a shooter coming into the school or to your church or your synagogue or to your temple or to a movie theater, now in a Walmart, and it's just horrible. And then all of this building on the white supremacy and rise of hate crime 
and the rhetoric coming from this administration, um, you know, continuing to demonize and demagogue uh, uh, people across the country, uh, Mexican people, people of Mexican descent, Hispanic descent, um, uh, undocumented people. It's just, it, it's disgusting, and it's got to stop. And the president needs to understand that his words are doing harm. He needs to stop it and act like an adult. Well, this is incredible. We're talking to Congressman Ben Ray Lujan of, of New Mexico, and we're speaking about uh, immigration, and we're also speaking about gun violence and gun safety. You did put forth uh, bipartisan gun violence prevention legislation, I, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Ambassador, that's correct. It's the first time in 25 years that the Congress has acted uh, to move uh, legislation to uh, begin to address the gun violence epidemic that has spread across America. And uh, really want to thank um, especially the, the students out of Parkland who have changed the national conversation um, with their courage. The work of Gabby Giffords, one of my uh, former colleagues of the uh, U.S. House of Representatives, who was shot and um, several people that died that day for the work she's doing uh, to uh, end gun violence in America and the work that moms uh, demand action as well as uh, every town. There's so much going on across the country, but we were proud to work with those organizations with those individuals, with those students and families um, to pass this piece of legislation. And that's why we're asking for Mitch McConnell and the Republican Senate to take up this bill. Um, no more wasting time. Let's act. Yes, I'm going to ask you about politics because I'm a firm believer in the political process and to get your political judgment because you worked on the congressional campaign committees. You know how the system works. What are we going to do and what are you going to do as a representative of the Democratic Party when you've got the votes in the House, but you can't get legislation passed until you can get the Senate moving? And what are the Demo what's the Democratic Party going to do about the U.S. Senate? Well, I think that it's not just the Democratic Party ambassador. It's, it's the American people good, that good are point. not just concerned but are angry and frustrated that we are not seeing action in the United States Senate. Look, all of these important pieces of legislation that we passed out of the House, um, a piece of legislation to end gerrymandering, to overturn Citizens United, which will eliminate all the dark secret money that's made its way into campaigns in America, um, language and legislation to safeguard our elections after the Russian hacks of 2016 and 17 and 18 and what we anticipate going into 2020, um, the Paycheck Fairness Act, the Equality Act, the DREAM Act, the Promise Act. President Donald uh, Trump uh, and Mitch McConnell have both been on the same page to say that they, will re that they refuse to take up legislation um, to, uh, that passed the House to help the American people. And so Mitch McConnell has dubbed himself, and he's called himself this, uh, Ambassador, the grim reaper of legislation that's come out of the House. He sure has. What I believe it's needs incredible. to happen is um, all of us need to work together. Everyone that's frustrated that Mitch McConnell is refusing to take up these bills, we need to defeat him in Kentucky, and we need to flip the majority in the U.S. Senate. We need to win in uh, New Mexico and in Alabama. We need to hold those two seats. And we need to flip seats in Arizona, in Colorado, in Maine. And we need to continue doing work to potentially um, have stronger victories in Iowa, in Kansas, in North Carolina, in Texas, in South Carolina, in Montana. There are many vulnerable districts across the country that are slated for pickups by Democratic candidates. 
And I'm convinced that we can do that while we also win back the presidency of the United States and put it into the hands of a Democratic president who will act like an adult, will lead with common sense, and will not be so abusive with how President Trump um, engages uh, the country as well as our allies around the world with Twitter. Well, you've, in, you've laid out a real fantastic political strategy, and it sounds like you're very definitely in the mainstream of uh, moving things forward and telling the American people that something has to be done. And in, in, in view of that, I noticed that you uh, ran for Congress uh, when con- uh, Congressman uh, Tom Udall was the U.S. Uh, congressman, and he didn't run in 2008, and you ran for his seat. Now he's decided not to run for his U.S. Senate seat. He is stepping down, and you are now decided to run for a U.S. Senate seat. So tell me about your priorities for running for the U.S. Senate. Most certainly, Ambassador, and I've had the honor of serving in the House of Representatives, succeeding Tom Udall, and he's been an incredible United States senator. The work that he has done day in and day out, and the example that he has led, him and Jill Udall, um, you know, what wonderful people, and they treat everyone that they meet with respect and dignity, and that's been an important lesson that I learned from him, as well as my mom and my dad. Um, The uh, priorities that I have going forward, ambassadors, continue to make progress in the efforts um, that I've uh, been successful with and providing more support with every family that has, um, uh, is, is currently fighting addiction, whether it's with opioids or with alcohol. Um, I've been able to work with Democratic and Republican colleagues to get legislation signed into law by the President of the United States as part of a larger package that are bringing more resources to New Mexico right now that we continue to work together to expand uh, the number of doctors and healthcare providers we need in New Mexico uh, by uh, moving strong policy um, and uh, making sure that we don't have a shortage of doctors or mental and behavioral health specialists here at home. Um, I've been a proponent of making investments in expanding uh, rural broadband, Ambassador. Uh, We all know the difference between fast internet, slow internet, or no internet, and we all know where our phones work when we're on the road and where they don't. And it's simply unacceptable that we can get on an airplane in Los Angeles and stay connected to the Internet all the way to New York City. But when you drive on the roads below that airplane, you don't have any connectivity. And it's hurting us when it comes to small businesses, uh, closing the homework gap for students. And it's even a life safety issue when you have people in rural America, especially murdered, missing and indigenous women uh, who uh, can't even make a phone call or an Amber Alert cannot be received when they go missing. Um, I'll continue working in that space, doing everything that I can to make healthcare more affordable and expansive, lowering the cost of prescription drug prices, Um, working on the Radiation Exposure Compensation Act to uh, make New Mexico's uranium miners whole that have been neglected for too long, and getting New Mexico's communities like in the Tolerosa Basin, including in downwind status, where there was this testing that took place, but the communities were never protected as well. Um, I've been a proponent of supporting uh, disadvantaged farmers in the Farm Bill and want to continue that work, as well as protecting um, our our acequias and our traditional ways of life, and continuing to be an advocate for our public lands. Uh, The work that we did for uh, for the protection of the Oregon Mountains, um, for the Rio Grande del Norte, 
and the work that I'm doing now to protect Chaco Canyon um, as well. So those are a few areas that I'll continue my work if I'm fortunate to serve the good people in New Mexico and the United States Senate, Ambassador. Well, it sounds like you have really an ambitious plan and and a real well-thought-out plan for your agenda as you run for the U.S. Senate. Uh, And you're also very concerned about uh, Native Americans uh, in our home state and tribal communities. And you've done a lot of work in that area, too. Am I right? Absolutely, sir. So, you know, the work that I've done, not just to uh, bring more attention to uh, how we must strengthen the Indian health services to protecting sovereignty. Um, I've been a leading advocate with protecting sacred sites um, across the United States on behalf of our tribal leaders and Pueblo leaders um, and and making sure that we're looking for initiatives uh, to continue to provide support. Um, uh, Most recently, I was proud to uh, be supportive of efforts with Senator Udall and Congressman Ro Khanna um, and legislation to provide more support to our Native American veterans as well. So in each and every way, whether we're trying to get more connectivity to the Internet, uh, continuing to close the gap where we still have communities that don't have running water or electricity, the importance of infrastructure, um, advocating for uh, language uh, preservation, and again, uh, standing up for sacred sites as well, Ambassador. So I'm very proud of the work I've done um, in the area of working with um, our tribal and Pueblo leaders and the work that I've done to learn from them as well. Well, thank you so much. We have a few minutes left, and I'd just like for you to share with our listeners uh, why the political process is so important. You have spent a lifetime involved in the process. You've worked uh, within the state of New Mexico. you become a a representative, a U.S. representative, an assistant House speaker, and now running for the U.S. Senate. But, you know, our, our citizens maybe really don't understand the political process and how it works and the value and the importance of the vote the value and importance of the three branches of government and how they should be involved and participate. Do you have any lasting words you'd like to impart to our listeners about our process, our democracy? Well, Ambassador, you know, I want to thank everyone that's tuning in and that follows you and uh, for the work that you're doing and helping to educate and motivate and inspire um, everyone across America to get more involved and to make sure their voices are heard. Thank you. Here's what the opponents of... Uh, those of us that want to encourage everybody to vote want to happen. Um, We're working right now to restore the Voting Rights Act, so that way we're able to protect everybody's access to the ballot box. Uh, The uh, people that that, that are out there that are opponents of restoring the Voting Rights Act, they want to make it harder for people to vote. They want to make it so that you get discouraged, that you give up, and that you just um, uh, step aside and and that that you don't get involved. That's the worst thing you could do. It's critically important that you're an active citizen, participate in uh, town halls and gatherings, getting to know your elected leaders, whether it's the school board or it's the president of the United States. Reach out to them, talk to them, let them know what's on your mind and work together. Um, Encourage people to come together to find compromise for the good of the country and the good of the communities that we call home. Um, I can't uh, say enough how important it is to be active, to be involved, to vote, to ask questions, and to come together and help identify the problems and the injustices of the world, and then provide real solutions and make progress so we can make a positive difference every day that we can, Ambassador. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, You are a real role model in terms of civic participation and the use of our political structures in our democracy. It's been a real joy to speak with you, and um, I want to tell our listeners again, we've been talking to Congressman Ben 
Ray Lujan of New Mexico, and uh, he is assistant House Speaker in the U.S. House of Representatives, a real role model for us here in New Mexico. Congressman, thank you so much for your participation in Left Right Forward podcast. Always an honor, sir, and I look forward to our next conversation, Ambassador. Thank you. Same here. We've been listening to Left Right Forward podcast, Business and Political Solutions. I am Ambassador Delano Lewis. It was my great pleasure to have Congressman Ben Ray Lujan speaking today on a range of issues from immigration to gun safety to bridging the digital divide to health care, but more importantly, his strong, strong message of civic participation in our, in our democracy. So thank you for listening. Left, right, forward. This is Ambassador Delano Lewis. Till next time, Godspeed. I am. We want to thank you so much. This was absolutely awesome. Thank you. It was fantastic. Oh, no, Ambassador, I appreciate it.